1: number two of extra point here on kdus am 1060 online at kdos 1060.com and with the all-new kdus 1060 app powered by superbook sports it is monday it is march 13th bob Kemp, kayla mortellaro with you and we have plenty to get into in regards to the nfl in addition to going through the play-in games and the first-round matchups of the NCAA tournament with Selection Sunday in the rearview mirror now. But first, let's reset the scene with today's poll questions and we'll get things started on the ASU front. They're playing in a play-in game against Nevada on Wednesday night. Should ASU be annoyed playing amongst the first four in Dayton on Wednesday and no continues to lead the way at 73% of the vote? Yes, trailing at
0: 27%. Yeah, hey, it's you. Uh, you can just kind of slot them into that first four if they make the tournament, huh?
1: That's what it seems like under Bobby Hurley. <laughs> yeah. Although yeah. the uh, 2020 version was incomplete.
0: Well, that's true. That They would have been, I'm guessing, you know, to, to, I, actually, I remember somebody actually did like a bracket. And uh, they were you know, clearly in the, the 7, 8, 9 range at worst. That, particular, that was the team that was, seemed to be best suited to actually make a run in the NCAA tournament, unfortunately. And then, obviously, COVID shut down the season.
1: We'll answer this question around 1130 today, flipping this on over to Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. U of A is uh, set to play Princeton in the first round. They're a two seed in the South. So the question here, should the U of A be satisfied as the second seed in the South with yes out in front? 76.9% of the vote, no trailing at 23.1%.
0: Yeah, I know that uh, CBS Sports Network did their little thing and just kind of took some you know, computer numbers, Ken Palm, and the, and also the NCAA you know, net uh, their their numbers, and uh, really uh, the uh, the South region was the easiest region of the four, which it, and technically it should be, I guess, because Alabama is the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament, so it should have the quote easiest you know path to the Final Four and. Clearly, when you have a struggling Baylor team in Virginia, uh, as the three and four seeds, I think that uh, I don't think I need to do too much research to kind of figure that that seems to be the easiest region for uh, and the best path for a number one to get to the Final Four.
1: We'll get into all the NCAA tournament games here shortly, but I do just want to update a few things that have happened in the world of the NFL uh, ESPN reporting the terms for Jimmy Garoppolo to the Las Vegas Raiders, and that's coming in at uh, three years, 67 and a half million with 34 million guaranteed. Uh, as he reunites with Josh McDaniels, according to reports here from ESPN and Mike Garofolo. In addition to that, uh, if we're going to play connect the dots, the Dolphins are giving former Jets uh, quarterback Mike White a two-year deal worth up to $16 million. But if you're going to be bringing in Aaron Rodgers, uh, Mike White would be, what, your third-string quarterback? So Zach Wilson is going to back up Aaron Rodgers if we're playing connect the dots?
0: That's true. He's had like two good weeks in his career. Now, those were incredible weeks. <laughs> so they were like 400 yards passing and like over 300 yards passing the other time, right? So, uh, you know, the, yeah, if you throw out the high and the low, the highs have been really good. Then pretty much every other game in his career hasn't been very good at all. So we'll see how that goes. Back to the Jimmy G thing again. I mean, he's going from a situation where he played behind a really good offensive line and had tremendous receivers. I think he still has some pretty good receivers, uh, but the uh, you know, offensive line situation is dismal in, in, uh, in Las Vegas.
1: Yeah, that, uh, that group was struggling, that's for sure. Uh, and
0: he was hurt. He, was, uh, he got hurt you know, more than once when he was at San Francisco, and he was well-protected.
1: That is true. Uh, The KDOS 1060 app for Apple and Android users, Superbook Sports Gift Pack, plus a $100 gift card just for listening. Download the KDOS 1060 app today. Open up the app, listen away, and you could be eligible to become a winner of this Superbook Sports Gift Pack and the $100 gift certificate. Turning our attention to the bracket, as we start with the play-in games, uh, I'm sure you're an aficionado right now of Texas A&M CC versus Southeastern Missouri State with Texas A&M minus four and a half plus four and a half for Southeast Missouri State in the first play-in game on Tuesday night. Uh, Before we kind of get into that, what's your overall approach to these play-in games if if you're looking to place any
0: wagers? I don't. (laughs) So uh, the only one I'm interested in is uh, Mississippi State against Pitt. And uh, that's only if Mississippi State's getting uh, up to three, which last I saw was one and a half and two. Uh, so I'm not interested in that game either. Uh, it gets, it's such a quick turnaround, and you, know, you can make a pretty good case that the teams that are playing at Dayton shouldn't even be in the NCAA tournament to begin with, but uh, you know, the 16 and 15 seeds that are playing have to be in somewhere. And, you, know, you got to, you know, obviously, you know, you had 11 seeds uh, with ASU and Nevada. And, uh, you know, Mississippi State is, I think, pretty fortunate to be in the tournament. And Pitt uh, is like the worst co-champion in the history, the regular season co-champion, the worst regular season co-champion in the history of the ACC. And I'm not joking about that. They're, they're not a good team. They're not a good team.
1: To your point, Mississippi State uh, is minus one and a half. Pitt plus one and a half on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Uh, Texas Southern is minus two and a half against Farley Dickinson at plus two and a half. And then ASU uh, is now minus two and a half. Nevada plus two and a half. This has been bet up from this morning that was sitting at one and a half. Texas
0: Southern, which beat ASU uh, earlier this season. They have the fewest wins of any team in the tournament, but they beat ASU earlier in the season.
1: Let's turn our attention to these Thursday games, and we'll start with the number nine seed West Virginia versus number eight seed Maryland. Uh, West Virginia minus two and a half, Maryland plus two and a half.
0: Yeah, this is a game I'm somewhat interested in. Um, You know, I wish, once again, uh, you know, I need to yeah I like I do not like Maryland's team. Uh, you know, they had zero they had excuse me, they had one road win in the entire big ten you know, season. They didn't lose a home game, but they only won one game on the road. and uh, I, I, actually, this is gonna be a I didn't even thought about this So just now. This is gonna be a really physical game because both these teams kind of uh, muck it up and play half court basketball. Uh, but uh, yeah, if I did anything in that game, which I was, I'm somewhat somewhat considering, I wish the number were a little shorter, I'd like to have West Virginia in that game.
1: Uh, then you have uh, Charleston as a 12 seed versus number five seed San Diego State. Charleston plus five and a half, San Diego State minus five and a half.
0: Actually, I hate this matchup because I wanted both teams. Uh, this happens every year in the tournament, uh, teams that you're interested in playing on and you know that uh, you want to play. You, know, you want to take them, uh, and then they're playing each other. Uh, yeah, San Diego State. I think we're pretty aware what's up with what's, what's up with them. They've they, they've actually they're a better offensive team. Still not a good offensive team, but they've, you know, they've gotten better than from you know a, you know basically average at best. Uh, they're better offensive team this year. They still play really good defense. Charleston's a team that can score. Uh, Charleston's a team that is uh, really deep. there's not that many teams. actually both these teams are really deep. Uh, so this is a unfortunately for me a game that I'll stay away from because I really wanted to play on both these teams before I saw the matchup.
1: 13th ranked Furman versus fourth ranked Virginia plus five and a half Furman minus five and a half Virginia.
0: Definitely interested in Furman here. Once again, I thought that I was hoping the number would be like at six or something as soon as I saw that they were playing each other. I thought, you know, six points or more, I'd be definitely on Furman. I mentioned them last week uh, when they won their conference tournament. They're a really good offensive team. They don't play much defense, but that's because they're just interested in uh, you know, basically pushing the pace, and Virginia is the opposite of this. You know, it's a Tony Bennett team, and even this dad, Dick Bennett, uh, doesn't change too much. Uh, They're really structured offensively, one of the slowest teams as far as pace goes in college basketball. Uh, Contrasting styles, I'm sure that if that hasn't already been said, uh, when people are breaking down this matchup, that that's like the first thing that is said. Uh, But, uh, you know, if I do anything in this game, it'd be Furman plus the points.
1: Then you have number nine seed Illinois versus eight seed Arkansas. Illinois plus two and a half, Arkansas minus two and a half.
0: Probably two teams I might be looking to go against. Definitely Illinois. I mean, I've I've been talking about them for two, three years running. I think that Underwood has done a really poor job at Illinois. I think he's done a good job getting players there. I don't think he does a very good job of uh, basically getting the most out of his talent. In fact, I don't even think that's an arguable point at this point. Needless to say, you know, they had a number one seed a couple of years ago, and I believe they were out in the second game of that tournament. And you just watch, their, you watch them play, they look the part. Uh, you know, They get off the bus, they look like they're going to be the team that's going to do it some damage. You know, Arkansas – to me has been a little disappointing, even after the injury. You know, They had some injuries to key players, obviously, and Brazil's out for the season. He's not coming back. But Nick Smith has come back, and they have a losing record since he came back from injury. And, yeah, Nick Smith's uh, supposedly a lottery pick, and he certainly has lottery pick tools. Uh, so it's either Arkansas or nobody here for me. But uh, I've you know, Illinois is a team that I'd just be looking to play against whenever possible.
1: You'll be talking Princeton hoops in tomorrow's Sports Zone, but uh, 15 seed Princeton plus 13 and a half against U of A as a two seed minus 13 and a half.
0: Princeton advanced yesterday with a uh, you know Princeton and Yale are actually very good Ivy League teams, uh, and I'm not just saying uh, maybe I shouldn't say Ivy League and uh, very good in the same sentence because it's an insult to those two teams. They're good teams. Uh, they're good. They're, Pretty much every year in Princeton, yeah, you know, they were really good last year and uh, thought they were, you know, they should have been in the NCAA tournament. Even maybe after they lost the Ivy League championship game, they lost to Yale last season, got sent to the NIT. As it turns out, uh, they're not quite as good this year, but they do. It's unusual when a, a mid-major or lo- lower conference team has a big guy, and they have a big guy that they throw the ball to, and that's a big part of their offense. Uh, breaking news, the U of A has a couple of big guys, even though I really wouldn't count Tubelas too much on the big guy category, because he doesn't guard anybody, and really just physically incapable of guarding anybody, but he can certainly score, and he can run the floor, so I'm guessing Princeton probably saw this matchup and kind of wished, yeah, we'd probably be prefer playing somebody that doesn't have two post players, because uh, we got our one guy who's uh, pretty good, but uh, you know, it's kind of a they averaged almost eighty points a game, in fact, Princeton. So it's not like the old time Princeton where you have know, the the Princeton offense and the passing game and they run the shot clock down, etc. Uh but uh you know, they're 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 actually you know, they're very athletic, they want to run. So I assume U of is certainly not gonna slow you down. They want you they want to run up and down too. So I think this would be a fun game to watch. Uh point spread's like fourteen. So if you're interested in Princeton, I might get interested in Princeton plus 14 uh, before the game starts. And I'll let everybody know on the air if I do that. But uh, right now, I'm just kind of sitting tight.
1: Well, we are going through all the Thursday contests here right now, Uh, turning the attention to 9-seed Auburn versus 8-seed Iowa. Auburn minus one and a half. Uh, Actually, this has flipped from this morning. Auburn plus one and a half. Iowa minus one and a half. Wow, that has moved since this morning.
0: Yeah, and this game's in uh, the south. I think it's in Birmingham, if I'm not mistaken. Um, These are two teams I was looking to play against (laughs) in the first round, and they're playing each other. Uh, So it's kind of another conundrum for me. Uh, Auburn's been really bad on the road this year, and actually both these teams have been really bad on the road this year. Far better at home. Most teams are better at home, but these teams – really are much better at home than they've been on the road this year. You know, I always use the Colorado Rockies analogy, you know, the home and road splits for the Rockies for Coors Field and so forth. But, you know, there's some college basketball teams, especially this season that have just been tremendous. I mentioned Maryland earlier. They fall into this category too. They are just so much better at home and they've really performed poorly against sometimes some not good teams at all on the road.
1: Oral Roberts plus six and a half going up against the five-seed Duke Blue Devils minus six and a half.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's been a long time since yeah you know, we've associated Duke in defense. Uh, they really haven't guarded well for several years running, but this year one of the keys to their turnaround, well, the biggest key to the turnaround is they got people actually on the floor and healthy. Yeah, I believe it's 16-1 uh, and one or 17-1 and one when they've had all their scholarship players available. Uh, and obviously they have an eight or nine, I believe it's a nine-game winning streak at this point. Aura uh, Roberts is going to be a popular pick, I'm sure, for a lot of people. I'm guessing a lot of people kind of wish that Oral Roberts wasn't playing Duke. Some just go against Duke all the time. But I think this is a little different situation for Duke. Yeah, Oral Roberts went 18-0 and zero in the Summit League. And that's an okay conference, not great, but okay. But they actually, you know, they, they, they played a couple of good teams in the non-conference. They lost by 38 when they played at Houston. They lost by 18 when they played at Utah State. And uh, I believe the last loss that the Oral Roberts has was the one that they had at New Mexico, Uh, which completely faded uh, late in the season, and they lost in New Mexico by eight. So they they played a challenging non-conference schedule, but they weren't very successful in in, playing the good teams on on the road in non-conference play.
1: Boise State is uh, plus one and a half, Northwestern minus one and a half.
0: Yeah, Boise State, I just uh, don't think they're very good. Uh, They've never won a game in program history, which has nothing to do with, I think, of them this year. They faded at the end of the year. Really, we uh, you know, talked about, we haven't talked about Utah State yet, but I think the only reason Utah State is really in the tournament is they won two games in the last, what, 10, 12 days of the season against Boise State, and that really pumped up the Utah State metrics for whatever reason. Speaking of metrics, the metrics people love the Mountain West Conference. We mentioned last week how they were ranked fourth in the conference rankings by some of the metrics people. They pretty much uh, and, you know, Nevada falls into this category too and I'm assuming that the metrics are the biggest reason why Nevada, which has lost four of its last six games before it plays ASU this week on Wednesday night, uh, but the metrics people really, really like Boise and I don't quite get it uh, you know, whether they're 20 in, uh, the, you know, as of like Sunday that'd be yesterday, but these things change day to day after yesterday's results but they were 20th in Ken Palm, and they were 30th in the net. And they're not that good. Both
1: of these teams here played in their conference title games and lost. Penn State and Texas a and Penn State a 10 seed. Texas A&M a 7 seed. Penn State plus 2.5. Texas A&M 2.5.
0: Yeah, Penn State's right now playing really well. I mean, uh, they're the worst, the worst out of 264 teams. Uh, in Division One, they're the worst offensive rebounding team in the nation. it's uh, largely because they just shoot a lot of threes, and they only have one big guy, and he's not that good. Even though he did okay yesterday against Edie for a while, but then he gave up—they gave up like thirty to Edie eventually. But he hung in there, uh, so we'll see what happens. We, you know, Texas a and i know a lot of people upset about their seed. They played a horrendous and easy and really bad non-conference schedule. And they lost a couple of those games. And it's not like the SEC was murderer's row this year, even though they certainly you know, didn't cruise through the, ACC, the SEC, but they did a good job in the regular season and they ended up in the uh, conference tournament championship game where they had zero chance yesterday to beat Alabama on a second consecutive weekend. They beat them at home by two points in a really hard-to-watch, poorly played game two Saturdays ago when the first time that uh, Alabama and a and played.
1: We'll get into the Friday slate of games on the other side of the break, but it appears here that the Chiefs had a plan all along because they have just assigned uh, here, uh, according to Adam Schefter, offensive tackle Jawan Taylor from the Jaguars on a four-year $80 million deal, including $60 million guaranteed. So they have a new offensive tackle for the Chiefs offensive line in Jawan Taylor.
0: I don't know if he's that good, <laughs> so um, I'd have to refer to my, you know, whoever my offensive line guru people are, I'd have to refer to them.
1: More Extra Point is coming up on the other side of the break.
0: We'll do what's best for the team. And we'll do what's best for you. The Rich Eisen Show, coming to you weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Here on KDUS AM 1060 and KDUS1060.com.
1: The way- Basketball Bonanza by going to KDOS1060.com and entering the Basketball Blitz contest from Desert Diamond Casino West Valley. You correctly pick the winner and you will go into one big pot for your chance at $2,000. It's a great opportunity to have some fun with the Basketball Blitz and become a big winner. While you're at it, join Desert Diamond Casino West Valley to watch all the basketball games at Winner Sports Bar. Winner Sports Bar serving up great food and drinks surrounded by wall-to-wall screens plus Arizona's best local sports book. Once again, that's kdos 1060com to enter for your chance at $2,000 in the basketball blitz contest from Desert Diamond Casino, West Valley. Bob Camp, Kayla Mortelaro with you here in the Extra Point on this Monday, March 13th, going through the Friday slate of games and we'll get things started with USC as a 10 seed facing off against seven seed Michigan State. USC is now plus two and a half, Michigan State minus two and a half numbers coming Coming from the FanDuel Sportsbook app.
0: Future Big Ten matchup here. Um, it's uh, Both these teams kind of stumbling into the NCAA tournament after I would assume what they consider. Well, I saw Tom Izzo. He was furious after they lost to Ohio State. They even questioned his team's toughness, uh, which is, you know, I think that's just kind of a, trying to get their attention for next week, and which is now this week. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. USC obviously didn't make shots and had massive foul problems and injury issues you know, with Peterson and uh, the big dude uh, against US, against the ASU uh, against ASU last week. So who knows uh, what to expect? This game is in Columbus, so it's certainly well. One thing is, I believe this is a 9 a.m. West Coast time game. It is for USC. That's not that's probably not a good thing. I mean, that used to be. I don't know if it's still the case. But it used to be uh, you know, teams that are doing the west to east thing and playing early is usually not a good formula to win. But at least back in the day, that was a historical trend.
1: Uh, then you have 12-seed VCU taking on 5-seed St. Mary's. Uh, VCU is plus 4.5. St. Mary's is minus 4.5.
0: Yeah, this is definitely a game I'm interested in. And I'm interested in VCU. I've not been on the St. Mary's bandwagon during the season. Yeah, when last seen, this has nothing to do with my opinion of this game, though. But when last seen, they were getting destroyed uh, by Gonzaga in round three of their uh, yeah West Coast Conference trilogy uh, from this year. Virginia Commonwealth is a team. This is another game that this is another one of those contrast in style games. Virginia Commonwealth wants to go a you know, hundred miles a minute, even though. They're not quite as fast and crazy as they were during the shock of smart days. But St. Mary's, they want to slow you down to a crawl. Uh, so we'll see how that ends up going. But uh, you v- VCU getting points here, I think, is a, an interesting proposition.
1: Uh, then you have 11 seed NC State going up against 6 seed Creighton. NC State plus 5.5, Creighton minus 5.5.
0: This is another one of those games. These are two teams I was looking to play against. <laughs> and they're playing each other. I've totally done a, a bout face on Creighton. I actually I forgot who it was, but I did see one of the analysts on either ESPN or CBS Sports Network last night picking Creighton to go to the Final Four, uh, which I don't quite get. When they're playing, uh, you know, when Creighton's playing its best, which was a while ago, I could see that, but uh, they clearly got done playing at uh, its best ball and, you know, like a month ago. And uh, their point guard situation—not an injury there, but he just hasn't been very good at all. Uh, and uh, down the stretch here, I wonder if he's just played a ton too many minutes and is wearing down. Maybe you know, they get some time off because they didn't make it to the Big East Conference Championship game, so he gets a, they get a little extra time. But not playing uh, Creighton certainly not playing a, its best ball of the year. Uh,
1: Eleven seed Providence, six seed Kentucky. Providence plus three and a half. Kentucky minus three and a half.
0: Another game where two teams I'm looking to play against. Providence lost its last three games of the regular season. Uh, and also I'm counting the, 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 the Big D's tournament. They, they got, got beaten that game by Connecticut the other day. However, this uh, there's going to be, I'm sure this hasn't already been talked about. I'm sure it probably has already been talked about. But Bryce Hopkins, who is Providence's best player, transferred from Kentucky. So a lot of this transfer portal stuff, ASU obviously has uh, two players on their team that played at Nevada. Uh, So the way that the portal works, uh, you're getting a lot of uh, revenge game situations for individuals against their former teams. I
1: remember you talking about Drake, and here they are now as a 12 seed going up against five seed Miami. Drake plus two and a half, Miami minus two and a half. Is this still something you're interested in?
0: It is. Uh, I like Miami's team a lot, though. And then this is another really important injury, and Jim Laranega is not somebody that lies about injuries or misleads the public about injuries historically. Yeah, they lost their – yeah, they don't guard people. Uh, The one chance they have to defend the rim is they have the one big guy, and I'm going to botch his name up, so I'm just going to say the one big guy. He got hurt in the first minute of the game against Duke. Remember, I was looking forward to that Miami-Duke game more than any game on Friday. Literally in the first minute of the game, he went down and it looked horrible. And I would be really surprised if he came back and were an effective player. Drake is an experienced team. They thought they should have been in the end. Well, they lost in the conference championship games. Not this year, but they lost the last couple of years. They've been looking forward to playing in the NCA tournament for two, three years running with basically the same dudes, and uh, they've gotten older and better. And uh, I wish that once again I wish Miami were healthy, and I wish that they were healthy and playing somebody other than Drake. But I'll be on Drake in this game.
1: Numbers from the FanDuel Sportsbook app: uh, 14 seed GCU going up against 3 seed Gonzaga. GCU plus 15 and a half. Gonzaga minus 15 and a half.
0: Yeah, I've watched, um, I've watched Gonzaga pl- probably plenty, probably too much. And yeah, you know, their guards, which weren't really good for a lot of the regular season, definitely got better during the season. I've watched GCU some here and there during the regular season and obviously watched the championship game on, on Saturday night. And I mentioned this in the sports zone. I'm going to repeat it again. I think of uh, Bobby Hurley at YASU. Tommy Lloyd at the U of A and Bryce drew at grand Canyon that Bryce drew has done the best coaching job with this team, with his team this year of those three coaches. I think the other two teams, ASU and the U of A should be, should be better than they are. Uh, I think that uh, GCU is maxed out. Obviously they have, you know, they have several players that have a lot of good ball skills they don't shoot particularly well in the two-point field goal percentage, but they're one of the leading teams in the country. They shoot 37% in threes, and they've, as I mentioned, they've got some serious dudes that have some very impressive ball skills, whether it's a you know, lower conference or even a major conference. And uh, you know, they've, they've, he's done a really good job coaching this team.
1: Nine seed Florida Atlantic plus uh, one and a half going up against eight seed Memphis minus one and a half.
0: Another game, uh, two teams I wanted to play on and they're playing each other. Uh, Memphis is the oldest team in college basketball. Florida Atlantic is a team that wants to get up and down the floor. They won over 30 games this year. You knew that they were going to get, uh, you know, seemingly historically, you figured that they were going to get a, uh, you know, a, a spot in the NCAA tournament, uh, no matter what, but, uh. Luckily, they beat UAB. In fact, they destroyed UAB in the uh, Sun Belt Championship game. So there was no, you know, they had the automatic berth and so forth. Uh, They're 31 and 3. No team that has 30 or more at large victories, no matter what conference you play in, has ever been left out of the NCAA tournament. Uh, They lost, their three losses are to Old Miss. Don't quite get that one. Uh, UAB, which is okay. They beat them in the, they lost to them in the regular season and pummeled them in the uh, rematch. And then Middle Tennessee, which is an okay team, uh, but we'll see. They're uh, another team, Florida Atlantic. They're really well coached. They have a whole bunch of dudes, uh, and they've got. They actually they they actually lost, They have nine. Even their top nine players returned, and uh, they have tremendous depth. And none of these guys are seniors, uh, which you know, like like usually like teams uh, from lower conferences that have a lot of seniors. But in this case, the the fact that all these guys came back and they've gotten better and they are really good on offense and Memphis is a team that I think is really dangerous. If they they get past this game, uh, I remember they bracket off the top of my head here, but uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Memphis or Florida Atlantic, especially if it's Memphis, would win another game after this.
1: Montana State plus 8.5, Kansas State minus 8.5.
0: Don't have much to offer here. I watched Montana State, obviously, against NAU. I don't think they're particularly good. Uh, Kansas State, a team that's, uh, I think, somewhat inconsistent, even though they did play a little bit better at the end of the year. But I'm not interested because the number seems to be something I just don't want to get involved with.
1: Coming out of the West region for the FanDuel Sportsbook app numbers, Kansas plus 320, UCLA plus 350, Gonzaga plus 400, the South region, Alabama plus 190, U of A plus 440, Baylor plus 600, the Midwest region, Houston at plus 120, Texas plus 450, Xavier plus 900, and the East region, Purdue plus 300, Marquette plus 420, Tennessee plus 500 with national championship odds, Houston plus 500, Alabama plus 800, Kansas 10 to 1, Purdue 12 to 1, UCLA 14 to 1, U of A down at 16 to 1. All of this is talking about the basketball bonanza, and you can get involved over at kdos1060.com. Enter for the Basketball Blitz Contest from Desert Diamond Casino West Valley, and while you are hanging out at Desert Diamond West Valley Casino, check out Winner's Sports Bar, and right now, one lucky caller, caller number 3, 602-260-1060, gets a $25 voucher to Winner's Sports Bar at Desert Diamond Casino West Valley to watch all the hoops action wall-to-wall screens great food and drinks it's a great place to be for this tournament caller number three 602 260 1060 for a 25 dollar voucher to Winner sports bar at desert diamond casino west valley and while you're at it kdos 1060.com to enter For your chance to win the basketball blitz contest correctly pick the winner of the tournament and you get entered into one big pot for your chance at two thousand dollars but right now it's caller number three 602-260-1060 and poll questions are coming up next
0: Carving out time in your afternoon for the Doug Gottlieb Show right here on KDUS AM 1060, 100.7 HD2, and KDUS1060.com. Weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m.
1: 1142 here on kdos am 1060 it is the extra point follow along kdos 1060.com the kdos app apple and android users powered by superbook sports be sure to be listening as well Superbook Sports is putting together a little prize pack plus a $100 gift certificate. All you have to do is listen, and your name gets put into the ultimate drawing for the prize pack and the $100 gift certificate. But let's turn our attention here to the poll questions, and we'll toss it on over to the kdos1060.com poll question, which is discussing the ASU Sun Devils as they are playing Nevada in the first four on Wednesday night. Should ASU be annoyed playing amongst the first four in Dayton on Wednesday? Yes or no, Bob?
0: Uh, No, they should not be annoyed. Uh, I think that they're uh, somewhat fortunate to be in the tournament. If you take a look, they're an 11th seed. They're one of the last teams in the tournament. Uh, had they not beaten USC last Thursday night, I think there's good evidence out there that they wouldn't have been in the tournament. Uh, so good for them that they're in. Uh, good for them that they're playing Nevada, which is not exactly excelled down the stretch here. Uh, four, they've lost four of the last six. And I think the Nevada, one of the many Mountain West teams that, uh, for whatever reason, the metrics people, whether it be Ken Palm or the NCAA.net website, they both love the Mountain West Conference, and I think that's the biggest reason Nevada is in the tournament.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm going to say no here because based on how close this was for ASU to be in the play in tournament, uh, it's kind of hard then to be picky about where you're going and and what seed you're going to be. Uh, a lot of people upset as well that Rutgers was left out ranked 35th in Ken Palm. Uh, so for ASU to certainly get in, I think it was important to have that victory over U of A in the regular season and then to get the first two wins in PAC 12 tournament play against Oregon state and USC, uh, so so no based upon you know how this season has gone this is uh the to to be dancing and have the chance to get into the 64 i think is is really uh, a good thing for the team if we want to have a conversation at a later date about how the regular season has unfolded and should had it have been this close we can certainly have that conversation at a later time
0: good good point one other quick thing about rutgers you know they're clearly not in this tournament because of their injury situation and yeah, Chris Reynolds, the chair of the committee, basically said that. In fact, he might have exactly said that last night on the Big Ten Network uh, when he was on there. Uh, so, uh, and they also had a couple other injuries down the stretch. And uh, once Mag, their big man uh, in the middle, got hurt, they had a losing record and lost to some bad teams down the stretch. So, this uh, seemed there seemed to be more seating moves and in and out situations in Rutgers' case. Based on all the injuries, and we've talked about injuries a lot here, unfortunately, in the college basketball season, I was actually sort of uh, almost justified. I know a couple of people think I've been talking about the injury situation more than I should, but I think there's, a, I've never seen, and, uh, you know, we talked about this earlier during the sports zone, we've never seen this many key injuries to key players at this time of the college basketball season.
1: Uh, Masses are on the no side of things here at 67% of the vote. Yes, sitting at 33%. This is KDOS1060.com. Let's flip this conversation over to Twitter at KDOSAM1060. Should the U of A be satisfied as the second seed in the South? uh, You know... I'm going to say yes, because I don't know that they would have been the second seed if they didn't win the Pac-12 tournament against UCLA. And I know that the injury situation for UCLA made it kind of a, a, a not as much fun, I guess, of a matchup here for, for these two teams to go back at it once again. Made um, it easier. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it was still close. It was still close. But anyway, uh, so therefore, I'm going to say say no. I understand that you're not going to get to play in the West, which obviously uh, with U of A's uh, contingency that travels with them and how well they do travel, that the West region makes it easier for that to happen. Uh, but I don't necessarily think that this is a bad thing for them in the South.
0: Yeah, they are in the West at least the first weekend, uh, the first two games that they win the first one. So they're in Sacramento I actually think that they're in the easiest region, and that seems to be what the experts seem to think. Uh, and that's what it should be because the you know, Alabama's the overall number one seed. They should have the easiest path of the Final Four amongst the number one seeds. But the fact that you've got you know, the three seed is, uh, you know, is, is Baylor, which has struggled down the stretch here, and Virginia, which I just understand that they're hard to play and you don't want to play them if you're a coach and whatever, but they're not good. Uh, they have also not been good down the stretch and, uh, the, the, the three and four seeds in this region, I don't think stack up uh, with the three and four seeds in the other regions. And like I said, that's the way it should work out. If you just do the NCAA seeding math.
1: Uh, And the masses here are on the yes side of things at 78.6% of the vote, no sitting at 21.4%. This is on Twitter at KDUSAM1060. And to go over things one more time here in terms of what's going to take place you have asu playing nevada on wednesday 6 15 p.m on true tv and u of a as the two seed is playing in the south against princeton on thursday at 1 10 p.m on tnt and bob will be uh having a conversation in tomorrow's sports zone about princeton hoops
0: and wednesday about nevada
1: that's also true yes indeed yes. all right uh as we turn our attention a little bit to some baseball action, you can't forget about Port of Subs and what our grand prize offering for you is with lunch for two to Port of Subs for a year and 2023 spring training tickets. It's to the D backs versus Reds game on March 24th. It's a 110 start, two tickets, and a parking spot. We're pulling the winner here pretty soon on uh, March 20th. So download the KDUS 1060 app. Apple and Android users are eligible. Listen every day for your chance to get one entry per day into the grand prize drawing. It's all happening at the KDUS 1060 app. And on the other side, we'll get into a little bit of that baseball news that we have as we conclude this Monday, March 13th edition of Extra Point. He, of course, being Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortelaro with you right here on KDUS. A.M.
0: 1060. Listener rewards for you with the KTUS 1060 app. Download today to hear all of the national and local shows you love. That's the KTUS 1060 app.
1: edition of extra point here on kdos am 1060 online at kdos 1060.com and with the all-new kdos 1060 app powered by superbook sports but first it's thank you time
0: as always we thank you for listening A special thanks to the callers emailers tweeters texters whomever or whatever i'll sip the cracks also our our uh, guest today and i lost my guest today
1: kevin flaherty 24 7 sports
0: yes i should should remember that Uh, my bad kevin flaherty at ground college basketball kevin good stuff and uh he you know even before i got to ask him the question he mentioned all the injuries to key players in college basketball this season and at this time of the year affecting the tournament so I felt uh, somewhat vindicated by the fact that he brought it up before I could even ask him about it. Uh, Sound of Day, courtesy of ESPN, Bally Sports Arizona, and Fox. And also, special thanks as always to Kayla and Corey and Aaron. And Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next.
1: Up next, from noon to 1 o'clock, it is Sports Map Radio Network, followed by the Doug Gottlieb Show from 1 to 3, the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5 p.m., the Sports Zoo with Dave Rooster Beerstein from 5 to 6, Monday Night Golf with Ray Adams from 6 to 7, and James Out West. Uh, to, tonight at 7 to 8 p.m. As we get into some more topics here before we conclude today's edition, I do want to make sure that you know Porta of Subs is slicing up the quality you would crave. Your favorite sliced fresh premium meats and cheeses on our signature fresh baked bread loaded with fresh veggie toppings and savory sauces. Get the taste that you crave at your neighborhood Port of Subs and check them out online to find the valley location nearest you at portofsubs.com. Corbin Carroll, he's Set to be a Diamondback for quite some time. uh, Entered into an eight-year, $111 million contract with a club option for a ninth year that could bring the total to $134 million. So uh, expectations were high heading into this season for what Corbin Carroll can do. And now the contract is backing it up.
0: Yeah, I'm guessing the Players Association's not happy with Carroll and his agent and whoever because they always dislike it when a young player gets signed long-term in a very early stage of his career and uh, takes away the arbitration years. And taking away the arbitration years, if Corbin Carroll is as good as everybody thinks he's going to be and seems as if, if if not everybody, pretty close to everybody, has him the top prospect in baseball, If he's that good, the Diamondbacks made a really wise financial decision here.
1: Then you also have just some things that are taking place uh, in spring training. The uh, report here that the average game in spring training is now taking two hours and 36 minutes through last week. Uh, the average 2022 regular season game it was three hours and six minutes. So chopping off some time there. In addition to that, stolen bases in spring training apparently are up 50%
0: yeah and the new running rules, I think that that's got a chance I think that has a chance of staying the same more than the pace of play. yeah once we get to the regular season, I wonder if the ump- umpires are gonna be as uh you know stringent on following the uh you know, pace of play rules, the pitch clock, the hitter clock, even though I don't know if there's exactly a hitter clock or that's just the umpire and his brain counting on uh knowing when you know get in the box or you know, that's gonna be a strike against you type of thing. Uh, I'll believe, uh, the, uh, the entirety, I need to see the season. Compare, pair, and I know that I've seen this several places comparing the spring training pace of play and the, the fact that they're really enforcing this compared to you know, previous years in the regular season, I think is, uh, kind of, uh, the wrong way to look at that. Uh, maybe I'm totally wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Because if, uh, you know, I think that uh, baseball, if they play at this pace during the regular season, that's a good thing. I'm skeptical of whether it's going to be as swift as it has been in a lot of the, in fact, most of the spring training games.
1: ASU baseball swept UC Davis, including a 17 to four win on Sunday. Uh, they are on the road Friday to Sunday in Pac-12 play against Utah. We'll have coverage here on KDUS AM 1060. Team USA lost 11 to five to Mexico. Whew. They are now one out in of pitchers. Yeah, they are now 1-1 one one in pool play, and they'll play Canada tonight.
0: Yeah, they're literally calling Cactus League teams yesterday to find pitchers to play last night. Uh, you know, they lost some pitchers before the tournament even started with Kershaw and Nestor Cortez, and as I mentioned, you know, they literally were calling teams yesterday to try to find somebody to pitch on their team last, the same day that they were calling
1: uh trey wingo is the only place that i have seen this so far but he is saying uh it's done for rogers to the jets so we'll have to see what sort of terms eventually get disclosed as to what this trade will include but trey wingo is the one person so far reporting that uh rogers to the jets is a done deal
0: i'm not sure what trey what's his affiliation these days
1: Uh, Well, I know he was part of um, Caesar's Sportsbook. He was doing something with them. I thought he was also part of the 33rd. I thought he was also part of uh, Football Network, Pro Football Network. okay. Um, I I think he's just kind of everywhere.
0: See, apparently so. (laughs) Yeah. And and I guess I hadn't seen him everywhere, (laughs) so... My bad.
1: The Suns lost Saturday, 128 to 119 to the Kings. They will be back tonight on the road, taking on the Warriors 7 p.m. on ESPN uh, as the uh, Suns are, are looking to get some wins without Kevin Durant here for right now.
0: Horrible performance on Saturday night. Uh, you know, they put Sacramento on the free throw line for 37 attempts and their three point, they, they shot 44 threes. The Suns did, and they put the opponent on the free throw line for 37 attempts. That's a bad formula to win.
1: As always, thank you for listening right here to KDOS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. Have a fantastic Monday. (laughs)